I just read Manjula Kanta's uh, comment. She said she made malpus, malpus for her deities, listen to Krishna Kata, now on her way to the Dham, Jai, what a way to celebrate Janmashtami. So, I feel the same way, uh, just coming in this room, because really it's not the location where we're at at any given time, but it's really the consciousness that's there. And Krishna wants us to focus our concentration on serving Him, because it's the ultimate good of every living entity to know Krishna and to think of him. So in the Bhagavad Gita he says, Manmana Bhavamad Bhakto, become my devotee, always think of me, bow down to me, and worship me. And this is these are simple things that when executed have the most momentous uh, result, which is that actually I feel peaceful. And thinking about the parikram of the Dham, I thought to start with discussing the form of service that it is, parikram, what it means, and how it's performed in Vrindavan, and especially in Govardhan, where I mostly stay during Kartik. And Pari means around, and Krama means to walk. So it really just means to walk around. <laughs> here, here in uh, Burlingame, people are walking around every night, since, especially since lockdown. People go out for, for their scheduled walks. And they're walking up and down, they're walking their dog, and so forth. But what does it really mean? Or if you're walking to the store, you're in shopping consciousness and if you're walking to your friend's house you're in friendship consciousness as you're anticipating what am I going to do when I get there and how will I enjoy or what's going to be the result of this and in parikrama uh, in many cases you're walking in a circle so you're not really going anywhere you're walking for the sake of walking and that's why Parikram is called Padasevanam. We know Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmanivedanam. These are the nine processes of devotional service, beginning with hearing, chanting, remembering. And Padasevanam, uh, worshipping the lotus feet of the Lord, it also includes walking in the Dham. So the Dham is not an ordinary place. Once, when I stayed in Calcutta as a brahmachari, it's a, one of my favorite cities, I think my favorite city in the world, Calcutta, because Prabhupada's from there. And you just feel his presence everywhere. And it's also, there's something, it's got some soul in that city. Um, and uh, I really... Uh, 
like staying in, in the Calcutta. Um, now I got so absorbed in what I was uh, saying about Calcutta and I took me back there and then I forgot the point I was going to make. What was I going to say, Sukeshri? You were talking about Parikrama Prabhu. And uh, so you talked about Pari is in Samaja's Father Sevanam. And then you, you said Calcutta is your favorite place. Dham is not an ordinary place. Yeah. Well, um, it'll come back to me. It was a very specific thing that I had to say about, <laughs> about uh, Calcutta, and then I got lost. Um, in any case, I'll come back to it later. So the point is... Prabhupada's place, so you love it. Yeah. That's where I went off in the other direction, thinking about something else. So parikram, uh, it means really to worship the Lord by walking around. And like the, some of the other methods of worship, which we talk about hearing, it doesn't take much except for to sit there and really expose yourself, but just open your... How do you do that? How do you hear? You really just have to... Um, be a little open, that's all. It's not hard work, actually, in a way. It's not like you have to lift anything. You just have to change your attitude and be a little open and sit there and listen. And chanting, uh, especially kirtan and reading something from Shastra, that's, that's fairly easy also. And, and also this padasevanam or the parikram. It's what... It's what you do if you have two, two legs and two feet. You just walk anyway. But in the Dham and doing Parikrama, it means that you're walking around with this feeling that I'm in the Holy Dham. Now I remembered about Calcutta. So I was in Calcutta, and uh, I actually started getting in the spirit of the place, even drinking the tap water there. I was like, ah, no problem. And then... Uh, I had to deal with some visa thing, so I somehow I, I had to go to the American embassy. And uh, it was uh, very hot in Calcutta, I think, either that or rainy. And I went to the American embassy, and I was so uh, really Calcutta-ized by that time. I felt like a Calcutta street boy. And I, I went to the, the embassy with my uh, wooden shoes on and, you know, my... Saffron Dodi, and I got there, and they had this window that you have to check in, and there are Marines there, U.S. Marines. And uh, I was shocked to see Americans there would speak of U.S. Marines. And then uh, I could feel coming from the other side of the glass, there was a lot of air conditioning. It was very cool. And then uh, I saw everything behind the glass was uh, American, everything. It wasn't that they were inside that little thing and then they had um, the you know Indian water or something like that. It was arrowhead water. I remember specifically because like, where'd you get the arrowhead water? So we fly it in. <laughs> Only American stuff in here. American snacks, American uh, everything American. And I saw this thin uh, layer of glass and behind it, there was America albeit uh, in the middle of Calcutta, and perhaps maybe, uh, you know, it might move at some point, but still, there it was. 
And then I thought about the way Prabhupada talks about the Holy Dham and that it is really um, like an embassy. There's no difference between the Dham and in, on uh, Boma, on Earth, the Boma Dham and Goloka Dham. Of course, as in many utterances in the Shastra, it says there's no difference and then the, the, the scripture will go in to say, but there is a difference. So just in the same way, the Briyat Bhagavatamrita says, although there's no difference between Goloka and Gokula, then there is a difference. And one is that Krishna appears here. And it's also mentioned there in the Upadeshamrita. There's an interesting statement in the Vaikuntaj Janito Vara Marupuri there's a, a description of the gradations of realms. And in that it describes how the Vrindavan forest is so auspicious because Krishna appeared there. And, you, and sometimes I would think when I read that, oh, well, of course he appeared there. That's his home. But there's this special quality to a Boma Vrindavan that Krishna actually does appear here. Because Goloka is his, uh, you know, he's eternally, in, eternally there. He's eternally in Boma Vrindavan also, but he's also uppercut. He's not fully visible to the eyes. And of course, when he makes his appearance, he's only becoming prakat. Uh, it's not that he descends from a Goloka Vrindavan. He's already in Vrindavan. In fact, he never steps out of Vrindavan, even Bowman Vrindavan. But it's not that we, we can see him all the time there unless we have the eyes to see him. And this is what Brahma says in the Brahma Samhita, Premanjana Churita Bhakti Vilochanena Santaksa Daiva Hridayeshu Vilokayandi that although Krishna is present, uh, of course we know he's present in our heart and every atom and so forth, but he's especially present in his personal form in the Tam. But only those who have prema, their eyes are smeared with that salve of prema and they have that... Uh, uh, mood of, of loving Krishna. Uh, only such uh, people can see Krishna. And also, it has, so, it has so little to do with proximity. There's a story uh, from, there was a sage, uh, Sandilya Rishi, uh, who, who uh, had a lot to do with Vrindavan, and he told a story about um, two brothers. And they were um, Vritta and Suvritta, so it's a long story, but I'll just tell the per first part of it. Now, Vritta and Suvritta, they went everywhere together, and they were in, in the Dham, in and a huge storm came up, and uh, trees were being knocked down, and there were floods, and it was very dangerous. So they sought shelter in the, the first dwelling they could find, and they went inside, and it smelled very nice in there. Uh, beautiful smell, and then they could see it as a nice furniture, fancy and everything. And then they realized they had walked into a, a brothel. So um, the younger brother, 
um, Vritta said, um, I'm getting out of here. It's Janmashtami. I'm going to the, I'm going to find my way to the temple. And so his brother said, it's too dangerous. Don't go. But his younger brother impetuously ran out the door and, uh, and braved it through the dangerous elements with lightning and everything to, to make it to the temple and did somehow or other. And there was celebration inside uh, going on inside the temple and even amidst the storm of the Janmashtami festival. So, so Suvrta was there stuck in the brothel and his brother had gone to stay uh, to, in the temple. And um, Vrita, who was staying in the temple, was thinking, my brother, you know, he's such a nonsense. He stayed there in that place. And, you know, what's he doing there in that uh, house of ill repute? That's nonsense. And he kept thinking about it. Even as uh, during the night the Pujaris were doing puja and that uh, there was a Abhishek and bhajans going on and he was thinking, my brother's such a nonsense person staying in that place. Meanwhile, Suvrata, who was locked down in that place, afraid to go out into the elements that had become extremely treacherous. And he was thinking of his brother in the temple. And he was thinking how oh, he's so fortunate. He's such a great soul and he's there. And I, just now there's probably the Abhishek is going on and the devotees are taking Charnamrit now and there's bhajans. And all these things are happening, and here I am. I'm so unfortunate, and I'm missing it. So <laughs> later, when the storm is over, uh, the story continues about how actually uh, the the brother who stayed in the in the brothel and whose mind was there uh, all the time in uh, in the temple, he got uh, such great benefit. He became elevated. And the other brother who had gone there, but he was thinking in a critical way and his mind was still stuck back there in that other place. Uh, he didn't get the credit. And so Sandili Rishi is, makes this point about how important it is for the mind. And this is in one of our Vaishnava songs that as soon as my mind has become peaceful and pure, then I can understand Vrindavan. So... Vrindavan is not a place where we can barge in. We, we uh, come to Vrindavan by the intensity of our sincerity, of our sincere mood, and the, the way in which uh, we uh, develop uh, dhanya and humility so that we um, feel that... Um, we're, we're entering into the most sacred place when we go to the Dom. So I've always noticed that you can uh, tell the difference in moving from one area that is Delhi into the Dom and then back again. Driving out of Vrindavan, sometimes after being there five, six weeks, and then... Uh, the sad day when you have to leave and then we're driving and there's a point at which you feel, oh, we just crossed. We just crossed into another Varsha, different place. The influence of the Dom is remarkably palpable. One can feel it. So for those who are doing Panchangam Bhakti and are feeling 
inspired by the holy names, by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. They're feeling uh, in ever-increasing, but even though gradual increments that Krishna's present here in his name, that he's there in the Bhagavatam, and they're feeling the influence of these very powerful practices. And then they go to the Dham, and especially those like all of you who are doing so much service, especially Sankirtan service, uh, distributing books. This prepares one for going to the Dham. And Prabhupada always appreciated that the devotees would be out in the field, so to speak, and uh, doing the hard work of preaching to qualify themselves for coming to Mayapur and then Vrindavan. And the devotees also felt it as well, that when they would be spreading the Sankirtan movement and then uh, come into Vrindavan Dham, then they felt uh, Krishna's embrace in the sense that they felt welcome there and they felt that they could they could actually stay there and have a taste for it because they had done done some service. If uh, if one goes to a holy place, Krishna said this, actually, he mentions uh, to the sages at Kurukshetra that if you consider that you are the body or you think that your family members are your own or your homeland is worshipable, I'm from... Uh, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, that's a worshipable place. I'm not from Cleveland, Ohio, but I'm just picking a stick. Not to pick on the Clevelanders. They're great people. I lived there for a few months. But any place, and I say this is worshipable place, or if one goes to the Tom, just to take bath there, and then, in the, and then thinks, like, I'm done. I got some piety out of this. And now, uh, th- thanks. It's like a vending machine and then leaves, and doesn't take time to hear from advanced people. One of the reasons to go to the Dham is because that's where devotees who are very advanced like to stay. And when I go there, then I can find those people. I always like to say, like with gamblers, they have an addiction. Some gamblers have an addiction to gambling. 5% of the American population has an addiction to gambling. And, you know, they're always looking for the next game. But you have, because it's illegal, these gambling matches, you have to find them in a back room somewhere. So similarly with hearing and chanting, the ones who are really serious and they, they're uh, dedicating their full attention to hearing and chanting, uh, if, like if you go to a festival or something like that, you have to look around. Where's, where's the game going on? And you have to know somebody to get in and say the code. And that's really coming to the Dham, like a Rajendra Nandana Prabhu. He goes to the Dham with a very serious mood that he's going there to hear. And he doesn't waste any time, um, no messing around. It's serious business, actually, to, uh, for him. He goes there and he's got everything planned out. So while he's there, he can, be at every, at, he can take advantage of every opportunity to hear and chant. So then back to the idea of parikrama. It's a sublime activity when one has some sense that this is a holy place and now I'm just walking in it. And Vrindavan is so such a magical place that all you really have to do is walk around and the atmosphere is so rarefied 
that the sights and sounds of Vrindavan start to go in your ears and in, enter into your mind. And uh, <clears throat> I wrote a piece a while back, and I couldn't find it on my hard drive, but maybe I will tomorrow. Uh, when I was in Vrindavan, uh, one of the, uh, some of the first parikrams I was taking were, were so um, profoundly moving to me so profoundly moving, and I was wondering, what is it about this, just walking, where I, f I feel so moved by this? And so I wrote uh, a couple of pieces about Parikram, but one of them was something that I actually experienced for myself, which was that walking around Govardhan Hill, I felt as if there was a current going around underneath the ground there, a spiritual current. And... Uh, when you walk around Govardhan Hill, you're, you go barefoot. And so your feet have to strike the ground. And I felt as if while I was striking the ground with my feet, that there was some transmission coming up from the ground. And it was coming up into, um, up through my feet and into my heart. So, um, I realized from that, I, in San Francisco for many years, there are these um, trolleys and they have, uh, they run with an electrical wire and they have to attach a, um, a special apparatus to it so that the car can go. And I started thinking of my feet like those, like that apparatus that's attached to the, the electrical cab and then that. I was connected to the, the dom and the electrical current that's going around and around in the dom. And the other experience there is just watching the, those who come there to walk around and they go in such a joyful spirit, uh, walking and walking and walking in Vrindavan. There is a uh, Mathura Vrindavan Parikrama that takes place every year in Kartik um, and it's uh, it's about 50 mile walk, I think, that these uh, people take all around Mathura and Vrindavan. They circumambulate the whole area. And um, you, see, you see thousands, tens of thousands of people from the villages. And uh, they will be uh, old ladies. They'll be people who can barely walk. It looks like they're practically crippled. And then you see young women and, and men, and uh, a lot of the young women are carrying a few pots on their head because they have to stop somewhere along the way, uh, you know, like a two-day um, excursion. And they just carry it on their head, and they're moving along with it. And, um, and there's, this, there's such a um, joyful, triumphant uh, air about all of them. When you see them all together, in, in, in a line that goes as far as you can see. And if you're driving past, then y you won't see the end of it. And they're singing and they're walking through, uh, through the Dom, around Govardhan, around, uh, around Vrindavan and around Mathura, the whole thing, uh, 50 miles. And uh, then there's also the Dandavat Parikramas, par Parikramas, the Dandavat means that you fall flat on the ground and then put a rock down and move and go to the next position. And I noted this, and I've mentioned several times, but it always astounds me that everyone who's doing that is happy. 
I never see anybody angry, fighting. Uh, you don't walk by and they look at you like you came too close to me or in my space. Uh, I don't see families arguing. Uh, everyone feels happy. And I was wondering why, did, why is that? And it's really because they are um, feeling transcendental. There's a yagya to walking and walking or doing dandavat parikram, either one, and uh, feeling uh, some ecstasy naturally there by Krishna's mercy. And uh, where we stay at Govardhan Hill, there's a ashram there. And from the, from the upper level, we can watch uh, people coming all the way down from the Lakshmi Narayan temple, uh, down the road of Dangati, on the uh, big parikram days, especially in Kartik. And the road is packed. And they go from morning till night, and sometimes all night. My room that I stay in is right next to the, right near the Goshala and then the Parikram path. It's not so far away, maybe 50 yards. And all night long, you can hear them, um, you know, chanting, uh, singing, ch uh, making uh, transcendental slogans and everything like that going around. Jai Giriraj, uh, Giriraj Maharaj Ki Jai, you know, and it's percussive. So, there. Anyway, just being near people who are doing doing the parikram and watching them, you know, the mind once is thinking like, is there a race? Is somebody going to win? Uh, are they going somewhere? And the answer is no. None of those things. <laughs> they're not racing. Of course, some people it feels like they're racing on the mark. Definitely, uh, there is this transcendental competition that takes place there for sure. But uh, really, there's nowhere to go. It's just a joyful. Um, expression of saying that uh, Krishna, you're all worshipable and, and we just want to be near you. We just want to touch the ground that is uh, sanctified by you being on this ground, walking on this ground before. And, and they're, they're uh, appreciating Giriraj. Uh, it's amazing too, because for an ordinary person who doesn't have the context, who would come to the, hey, are you doing Dandavat Parikram there, Radhakripa? Prabhu? It looks like it. You have to turn the other way, though. Can you turn around? Sorry, I was just putting the picture just to... Uh... Turn around, though, just for a second. Keep the picture, but turn around the other way. Okay, sorry, I will do that. I just need to... Back back. No, no. He's saying face the back. Face the back, so you look like you're doing parikrama. Okay. Face the back. Like that, sorry. Turn around 180 degrees. <laughs> now put your hand, or arms out straight. Haribo! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's such a simple thing to do uh, parikrama, whether it's dandavat or walking. And um, from that experience, uh, everyone feels joyful and they all feel together. So then, of course, along the way um, in uh, Govardhan and in Vrindavan, there's thousands and thousands of, of places where Krishna performed particular pastimes. 
But before we go into that, I just want to read you what uh, Sanatan Goswami wrote in the Hari Bhakti Vilas about Parikram. There are actual rules for it. Would you like to hear the rules for Parikram? Okay. So, one of the rules I can tell you uh, before I get to the page is that if you get hurt or injured, then you're not supposed to continue. You can mark the place, and then you, you go back there when you feel healthy because um, Krishna doesn't like you um, dragging yourself around in an injured state or in pain or something like that. Here's the instructions for performing parikrama uh, in the in Vraj Bhakti Vilas. The following instructions are found concerning parikrama of Govardhan Hill. And number um, one, one should offer proper respect to all the deities, cows, brahmins, trees, creepers, rocks, and kuns one sees. So that would, uh, if you did it demonstratively, and I know some devotees who have, when uh, Kesha Bharti Maharaj for one special ceremony many years ago, because uh, he has a little hitch in his get-along right now, but he's, uh, in the olden days, he used to go around in the parikram, and I remember one of them, he told me about, he went to every kund. It took him from morning till late at night, but he went and bathed in every single kund going around um, Govardhan and all the way through Radha Kund and so forth. But the point is that one should remember that it's a transcendental place and that every rock, tree, squirrel, monkey, they're all transcendental. So one should have this sense of reverence. One should not offend any living entity, moving or non-moving, otherwise one will lose the benefits of his parikrama. Three, while performing parikrama, one should not wear shoes or leather items, or one's cloth should be, and one's cloth should be freshly washed. So it's a kind of worship. So you don't think that well, I'm just outside, so it doesn't matter. But it's a, it's a, a kind of um, a puja you're doing, so you get ready and and be clean, have nice tea lock and everything. One should observe brahmacharya and take bath as well as clean the teeth before starting parikrama. One should not perform parikrama at night. While performing parikrama, one should move carefully so as not to kill any living entities on the path. If one becomes sick during parikrama, one should stop and take rest. Parikrama should, not be, con should be continued after the health is regained. One should not leave his parikrama uncompleted. And one should not strain himself while performing parikrama. And then there's this list of uh, offenses to be avoided in the Holy Dham. To have contempt or disrespect to the Guru, who is the revealer of the Holy Dham. To think the Holy Dham is temporary. To commit violence toward any of the residents of the Holy Dham. To perform mundane activities there. To try to earn money or make business to think of the Holy Doms as belonging to some mundane country or providence. providence. Uh, to commit sinful acts while in the Dom, to consider Vrindavan and Navudit to be different, to blaspheme the Shastras that uh, glorify the Holy Dom, to be faithless and to think that the glories of the Dom are imaginary. So there's, um, there is a, a way that uh, one can 
think about uh, the entry there into Parikram and how one should be careful and reverent and not offend other living beings. I know some devotees there. I have a friend who's been in um, Radhakund for many, many years. And uh, in the old days, he used to go around Govardhan uh, twice a day, every day. And then uh, I th the last time I saw him, he slowed down a little bit and he's doing it once a day. But uh, most of the time I saw him in the early days of doing Parikram, he, he maintained uh, silence. He would just chant, but he wouldn't engage in any conversation. If somebody tried to talk to him, he, he wanted to wait until after the Parikram was done because it's easy enough on the Parikram to start chatting uh, with your friend. And next thing you know, you're talking about politics and uh, anything else that comes up. And this really uh, can take away from the mood of it. So it's best to be very focused and, and remember that although it's a simple thing, you're walking only to worship the Lord, uh, still um, consider that it's every, every uh, step is uh, sacred uh, that you're making as you move through. And uh, the other thing is Parikram is very uh, fun and joyful. No, the parikrams that we've been on have been extremely fun uh, with the devotees all walking together. I'll give you a, a little sample of it. I have a few little video clips from some of our parikrams from 2017. And um, I'm just going to share my screen. So the first one that I want to show you is... Uh, when I said fun, uh, one of the things that happened to us was that this dog joined us on the parikram path. This is a group of us walking. There's the dog. And as we started off on the parikram, Mukhar Vindapur was the camera person for that. And he was uh, uh, walking backwards the whole time. I've never seen such skill. And I thank you, Mukhar Vind, for making that film. It was the last, last one possible, I think, to, to film like that. And it was, uh, it was really uh, an eventful time. But uh, when we first started off from our ashram, that uh, as soon as we came out the gate, the dog was there and asked if he could join. And we said, yeah, you can come. You know, it's an open, open parikram party. So he jumped right in and he, he went with us for almost the whole parikram. Uh, we did along the way feed him a little bit. We got him some biscuits. And uh, we also protected him because dogs are very territorial out there. And as we were walking along, uh, dogs in certain neighborhoods, they would, they'd see him coming and they'd start really growling and barking at him and want him to tear him to pieces. But he'd get in the middle of us and we just told the other dogs that, um, he, you know, we're all together. He's one of our people, so you can't, please don't bother him. 
And uh, I must say that was such a charming experience to have a, a person born in the Dom as a dog want to join us. And I was thinking, well, we should be joining you, not you joining us. I mean, you know, you're, you're a Dom bossy. We're just, uh, at least me, I should say for myself, I, I really don't belong there. And I, I was uh, just there as a, a mercy case. And, uh, but that dog uh, came along with us. And it's simple things like that. I already told you the story about Uta Vakund. Um, uh, let me just show you a little uh, action from Uravakund. Mukharavinda kind of got a nice view of this because uh, he waited as we were walking up in our little gang uh, of hikers, of parikramers. You see, this is the long stretch on the second side of Govardhan heading towards Radhakund. And before you get there, the big event for us is stopping at Uddhavakund. Maharaj, um, are you sharing your screen? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I guess that would help, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you can maximize it also. Sure. Thank you. One second. Okay, now I'm sharing, right? Where do I maximize it? But I was just saying that if you can maximize your window because we are seeing the email and all that. Feel free, you can read all the emails. Okay. <laughs> so this is the, the approach to Uruvakund. And you know, when we go in the morning times, it's oftentimes very brisk out there. And this is the, the little mandir at Uddhavakund. You can see a Dandavadar a little bit in the distance there. Here's the dog wondering what's going on. <laughs> that, that's not the dog that was following us, but... So this is uh, like a typical group of us walking around Govardhan, about at this pace. going inside the temple. So the Pujari here has been there for decades. Same, sitting always in the same place. He always gives blessings to the pilgrims who come in.
So these little enclaves, temples along the way, we have our favorite ones that we go in and then one of the nice things about doing regular parikram is that you get to know all the pujaris and things and then when they see you every day during, like I was there 2001 for Purushottam Mas and I went every single day and then uh, the, you know, the pujari starts to notice, hey, you're here <laughs> doing it every day and then they give you a little more mercy. So that, that pujari there, Every time I go in, I always put my head down so he can give me some blessing. And normally what he says, he always just says, happy, happy, happy. <laughs> he touched my head say, happy, happy. So, you know, that's what Parikram is. It's just happiness. There's no reason for it, actually. There's no, like, you didn't win a race. You didn't, uh, you know, you're not making money on it. Uh, there's no, nothing at stake. Uh, it's just, you're happy just happy to be moving in the dom and uh, using your feet. I mean, the feet are get, they ne get neglected. At least mine do because they're so far down there. You know, I barely talk to them or tend to them. But, uh, you know, they work so hard for us. And when you take them and say, okay, do a little seva, walk through the dom. You know, the feet get happy. And it's just such a simple thing because feet aren't that, you know, like intellectual or anything. They just... What do you do? I just walk, you know, wherever anybody tells me to walk. And so the, the perfection is you just say, okay, now walk around, <laughs> walk around this hill. One year I was there, actually, I think it was Purushottam Mast, and I was in Vrindavan. It was packed. Purushottam's packed, and it's not packed for just one day or two days or for a few hours. It's packed 24 hours a day. That means millions of people. And so I was in Vrindavan, and I see these two Swedish guys. They could just speak a little English, and they had backpacks on. And so I saw them there in Vrindavan. I said, what are you doing here? And they say, oh, we just saw it in the, you know, in the tourist guide, you know, that this is a, like a, a holy place. They had no idea about devotional service or anything. And they were looking for a place to stay, so I got them a room at the MVT. And then, um, and then I, you know, I left them. I, they were settled in. And then I was staying, uh, doing the parikram out at uh, Govardhan. And, oh, and I did a Dandavat parikram at uh, Radhakun Shamakun with Madhava Maharaj. And it was a hot, sweltering night. Uh, we were totally wiped out because it was so hot. And we did this Dandavat thing around. And I didn't know all how to do Dandavats. I just found an old uh, burlap sack in the gutter somewhere, and I used that for my knees. And then... Um, so as, as soon as we got out, the huge crowds were coming, and I saw these uh, two Swedes come out of the crowd. <laughs> and I said, wow, 
you made it to Govardhan Hill. Because I told them in Vrindavan, if you want to go to Govardhan. So they, they came out of the crowd and I said, so what did you do? And they said, we just walked around. I said, I wrapped around what? And he said, the whole hill. Uh, they just followed everybody. So, and they were blissful. They didn't even know what it was. So it's kind of a, you know, something that anybody can do uh, if, you, if they're really fortunate. And, you know, get there and be in the Dom and uh, walk around. So um, stopping into the places like um, Udavakund, and then you, you, could you hear that? Could you pick up on the sound when you walked in? I mean, all that goes in. It actually goes into you, and it stays, it's in there somewhere. All the vibrations we pick, out through, pick up through a whole life, it enters in, it, it's recorded in the chitta. And there's, there are moments in the Dom walking around in Parikram where you'll like walk by a temple and you just smell some incense that was just offered to the lotus feet of the Lord. And all of a sudden you're just euphoric because, you know, it's crisp, cold air out. You're walking along, you're free, you're, you know, you're doing the right thing. And all of a sudden you get this reward of just smell some beautiful incense or a flower or some oil or something like that. And, um, I would just say with Parikram also and walking in the Dom, I've always noticed it's like watching a, a movie uh, in front of my eyes. I'm watching my subtle body and I, I can see, uh, it's almost like mystic power because you can see kind of any, uh, anything that's going on in your subtle body. And you can feel how just being there, just walking, it's uh, gradually, very gradually becoming purified. Uh, Mukhar Vindaprabhu is nodding his head. He, he, uh, what what part are you resonating with, Mukhar Vindaprabhu? I do remember Maharaj when I first time, um, like we had a prayers of Radha Kun, and when I entered, I don't know, I was in some different planet. I I don't know. I I don't feel that I'm in my body. That was my feeling when I entered into the Radha Kun first time. I still had that feelings with me, that it's like out of body experience. As soon as I enter into the Radha Kun. Yeah, nice. And what other parts that, you know, from so far we're talking about, do you remember, because you were doing the camera shooting that time, and do, do you remember anything? Do you have anything to add about the Parikram, that party? Well, thank you so much, Maharaj, first of all, to uh, allowing to capture his biggest austerity, I'll say, from your side to, <laughs> to allow your personal, um, uh, this is like a very personal event to uh, and then you allowed us to capture it so that people can take benefit. Um, definitely the dog was the, like, like we, as you told, we joined the dog's party. <laughs> it was definitely a, uh, like, a, like I'll never forget that how um, protecting them and remembering the, uh, the past time of uh, uh, Sivan and Sain and how he took along with him the, all the dogs and uh, yeah, we remembered that when when the dog joined us on that. How that it's such a simple thing because the Shivananda saying he just said, "Yeah, he's with us," and really that's the mood of the Sankirtan movement is to whoever shows any kind of impetus whatsoever, then okay, you're in. That's it. That's Lord Chaitanya's mood. Uh, somebody looks over, like you know, on Sankirtan, if someone looks at you, you know, with a just any kind of curiosity, intention, or, or smile, that's it. They're in. Yeah, come on. 
really the whole Sankirtan movement is a, is a big parikram. We're going with Lord Chaitanya and his pure devotees. We're just walking, that's it. And if somebody wants to come, just jump in. And if they spontaneously feel it and they jump in, then, then they can be happy too. And they can walk right back to Godhead. Let's just see if there's any other uh, reflections or questions. Yes, please, please. So Maharaj, we always talk about the fact that we have a human body and it's, it's a good body to be in. So how do we understand, you know, devo exalted devotees coming to the dham in the form of a dog or even a monkey? Um, is it that, you know, we are still looking at them from a material perspective and we should not be doing that? So if you can throw some light on that. Yeah, actually, we shouldn't look at any of the entities who are there in the dham as normal. Uh, they're, they're born in the Dham, so they did something really special. Even if they were, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, if they're living in the Dham and they made some offense, then um, they could take birth as a monkey. And then after they do, uh, they do a lifetime as a monkey, then they can go back to God and get purified. So he recommended that we don't make offenses in the Dham, because then you, can, you could actually take an animal body there. And, uh, you know, actually, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta and uh, Srila Prabhupada, the, they warned that there's some people are in the Dham and they do nonsense. Now, when, when uh, so, you know, we shouldn't just be Pollyanna and think that, uh, that uh, you know, we should be careful. Anyway, it's best to be guarded. If somebody's in the Dham, we just respect them. And uh, also, don't mix it up a lot with the locals. I mean, if you're going in a temple and the Bajari's there, obviously there's an exchange and everything, but Lord Chaitanya uh, told his devotees, don't go there and mix intimately, you know, when you're going there for a pil pilgrimage, he said, because you won't understand the locals. And that was in Lord Chaitanya's time. So it's best to, you know, be a little careful and the animals we should respect too, as residents of the Dom. Thank you, Maharaj. How long how long does it take to do the parikrama? Well, like it, depends. it depends. If you go around and you look at all the uh, places and you stop in here and there, it can take eight hours. And if you're just, uh, you know, doing it as an athletic event, you know, you can, <laughs> it can be down. To, some of those sadhus get around there in two hours, two and a half hours. It's about 14 miles, uh, 12 and a half, 14 miles. So Dandavat probably takes a couple days. Yeah, a little more than a couple days. I think it's about a week. I've never done Dhanavat Parikram around Govardhan Hill. It's not really necessary. It's not really in our line. Although, um, you know, I did it once around Radhakun Shamakun because someone told me it was a good idea. And it really was. Um, and I'm glad I did it, but I, I'm, I'm not going to do it again in this lifetime. <laughs> At least not physically, maybe mentally. Well, as per Nectar construction, it says that uh, Nectar devotion says that Radhakund is the main, the highest. So, uh, doing around Radhakund is probably equivalent to doing around the entire Vrindavan, right? Uh, well, um, I never read that specifically about you know this is equal to that, whatever. Uh, main thing is really it's it's the mood and the kind of uh, attitude we go into the Dom, and whenever we do the Parikram? Yeah. Guru Maharaj, uh, yeah. I, the picture which is behind showing that this gentleman actually is doing uh, 108 in each step itself. 
So yeah. if you have to go one done with, then this whole takes like almost a couple of years to finish it. It's not, <laughs> you know, like it's unbelievable. When we met two people who are doing this one, I like me and uh, Sudhir Madhaprabhu was there. We are just, we just couldn't walk further. We were just like taken away totally for their commitment. And they were so blissful and happy. So <laughs> it was just amazing. Yeah. And you know, Govardhan uh, and the Parikram during the festivals, a lot more people come out because it, it is, um, it can be a livelihood for some people. I mean, there are some people that come there that, that are there all year long and they're sweeping the dom and they don't even, if you give them a donation, they won't want it. They'll say, no, I'm not doing this for money. I'm just sweeping the dom. And there are other people there that come, even Dundavaders who will do 108, 108. And then um, people from Delhi come and give them money, but they're not there after the festival's over. So, you know, there's a, a mix of a lot of people that uh, that come to Govardhan and people come for a lot of different reasons, but it doesn't um, doesn't really matter to me so much. I don't get into it. Um, it is ex you know amazing to watch people. I mean, it's just so uh, otherworldly. And if somebody from another culture comes there, so you're doing what? <laughs> That's what you do all year long. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Hare Krishna. Um, you said um, that you were reading from uh, the book that you said you should not stress yourself while doing uh, the parikrama, but then um, you also said that we should not leave it incomplete. So what if like someone just can't complete it? So like I'm a little bit confused about that. You can mark the place where you stopped and go back and repair yourself and then you can come back again. Also, it's okay to go around in a vehicle. Uh, this is in a conveyance. This is in the Hari Bhakti Vilas that if you, if you go around Govardhan in a bullock cart or nowadays in a um, Suzuki uh, or, you know, a Tata or something like that, it's also, um, you know, accounts. So it's, and, and uh, you know, recently, <clears throat> uh, Keisha Bardimars has had a hard time walking because he's had hip problems. And so the last few years, uh, near the end of the, uh, the Kartik, I'd always take Maharaj out on the Parikram in a car. And we just pull over to, you know, all the temp different temples that we like to stop at and, and go in and then come back out. And it was just as blissful. It was really ecstatic. And in fact, it gave kind of a different vision too, because you're just going around in the car, because usually in the car you're going somewhere, but again, you're just driving around and you can you can get to a lot more places like uh Nardakund is way, way down a side road. And we barely ever stop there because it's another, an extra mile and a half walk one, one direction to get to Nardakund. But when we drive there, we can go to those extra places and see them. And uh, by see them, I mean, um, well, first of all, to be seen there <laughs> because uh we really show up in these places and like Krishna, I came, you know, I'm in your, I'm in your hometown and Nectar Devotion Prophet writes that, um, <clears throat> you know, devotional service is very rarely attained and it's not so easy to get Krishna's attention. But if you go to Mathura, the whole Vrindavan area and during Kartik and um, you just stay there, then it's very easy to get his attention. So really, we want to be seen, you know, yeah, I would, you, we, I saw you there, you were there, you showed up, 
during Kartik. So devotional service is sweet like that too. You know, we do parikram, we go to places just so Krishna, I'm here in your place because I'm your servant and I just want to be here, you know, where you are or where you've been and where your devotees have been. And in that way, it's really nice. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you for such a nice question. Okay, any other things? Okay. Uh, yes? Uh, this is Preeti Shari Prabhu. I just wanted to share that um, my experience when we visited you in um, Vrindavan during one of your um, trips there, and we were part of the reading, and we felt, um, when we reminisced over the experience, we felt so, more, so much more connected to the Dham, um, hearing about it than just trying to see it with our own eyes because um, the locals and the many other devotees are at, at very advanced platforms and um, we can't really understand the mood unless we hear about it. So I felt that that was actually the highlight of my trip um, to Vrindavan at the time. Well, that's about right for you, Priya, because you're a devotee and you like to hear and chant and that's the best thing, really. So it's important coming to the Dom and uh, doing parikram, that really the main event is uh, hearing and chanting. That's the most important thing. And when you do hearing and chanting along with parikram, then it becomes very, very meaningful. So one of the reasons to go to the Dham really is to uh, put everything else aside for a while. And no um, concerns except for just uh, being at the Mangalarti on time every day and making sure that you're chanting really good rounds and uh, then hearing and chanting as much as possible and then going on parikram and then as Priya Kishori is saying then you can see things. Hansa Priya. Hare Krishna. Thank you for taking us to Govardhan. <laughs> We're really feeling separation because especially we know that we may not be able to go this year. And uh, we are already crying for, for that. And uh, today you're glorifying the devotees around the Govardhan and, uh, and the sadhus and our devotees going doing parikrama. It's just, uh, it just takes me back home. And uh, I just wanted to see that, do you know, how it made me also feel like the Giriraj, you know, can be much more pleased when you're glorifying his devotees who goes around the Giriraj and Govardhan. So, Thank you for, you know, helping us to learn how to glorify the Giriraj by seeing all these gems and this uh, treasure around the Giriraj to see that first and then, then just think of Giriraj. Hatsupriya, as far as back as I can remember being a part, you always show up there. And that's, you know, your footsteps. you always come by the Giriraj. And that's why I, I always think of you as being spiritually intelligent because you know how to be in the right place at the right time. I still remember the days you started going to the Giriraj for, I mean, Govardhan for one month. I mean, that's oh, yeah. the last birth or something. But, but I just remember that, that, you know, after that, I made sure that everywhere, wherever you are, that's what I, I show up to. See. Well, part of it is, you know, budgeting it in. Nirkul and I talked about it and, and, you know, it was like an important part. It's when you're a grahasta, you're doing things, you know, you're thinking about economic concerns and you got this and that. 
to, to, to deal with. And then it's like, if anything, if you decide ahead of time, I have to invest in Panchangam Bhakti. And one of the parts is to do, to do that time, do some time in, in the Dham. I, I've told this story before, but one of my friends who really, um, you know, I used to go spend a lot of time in India, and then I got caught up in a few things here uh, for several years. And then, you know, I just uh, um, by accident, I talked to him on the phone. He was overseas in Thailand. And he said, when's the last time you're in the Dom? And I said, it's been some years. And he said, what? You're crazy. You know, he said, and I hung up the phone and I went and told Nirkula, I got to go to the Dom. And uh, then we started talking about how to, how to budget it in and, you know, just make it part of your life to make sure that you're there. And then you just tell everybody, hey, look, you know, I've got 11 months. I don't have 12. One of them's for Krishna. And what I was saying about my friend, you know, he was doing business. I used to stop and pick him up in Thailand and we go to the Dom together. And so then uh, uh, he had this cloth business. And it was work intensive, you know, he was exporting cloth and all this stuff. He had to go buy it. And there was this uh, Asian woman there in Thailand. I think she was, um, she, she was Chinese and, and um, you know, <clears throat> she was very passionate about her business and making money and stuff like that. So in any case, he told me, you know, every year when he would go for um, Kartik, you know, he'd go tell her, you know, I had to suspend my business for a, a month or more, he'd actually stay for longer, you know, six weeks or something. And then uh, she said, Greg, why are you talking? Greg, you stay, make money. He used to imitate her, you know, it's like, Greg, why are you talking? You have to make money. <laughs> and so we're always thinking about, there's always that voice, you know, Greg, make money. And, <laughs> and, if you just invest and you say, Krishna, I'm coming to your place and whatever happens, happens after that, that part's gone, you know? And then it's like, I always talk about that wedge, you know, you give that part to Krishna and then he says, you know, look, uh, there's a whole nother world here in the spiritual sky. Uh, you don't have to do this and that. And that's, that's really one of the entryways. That's why it's one of the five most important aspects of devotional service is spend time in the Dom. And if you can go there during the Kartik time, it's even better because that's special, special in the Dom. All right, since I ran out of time, right, because it's still 7.30. So I'm just going to show one more clip. Uh, there are several more, and maybe if I do another one of these in the next couple of days, I'll show more. But um, I just want to show one from one of our favorite temples. Up, uh, It's the Nshrinashinga Temple, right at the very tip of Govardhan Hill. Oops, I got to share. Sharing means caring. Okay, here we go. Yeah, this is in the temple already, I guess. You see Narhari Dave up on the altar there, and he has, uh, he's wearing a, uh, he always has some beautiful uh, dress on, and, but 
if you get the right pujari, then he'll lift it up and you can see Prahlad Maharaj standing there underneath, offering his uh, prayers. And one of the nice things about this temple is it's way up high. And it, there's Narhari Devi. Namaste Narasimhaya Namaste Narasimhaya see a view from outside. This is the rooftop on top, uh, up on the temple. But when we walk to the edge, when Mukharavindaprabhu walks to the edge here, we can see the uh, panorama of Vrindavan and also the tip of Govardhan Hill. There's Giriraj on the left. Giriraj Maharaj Kijai. So this, uh, all the way down, that's the very tip of Govardhan. So there, each one has its own charm, and then a parikram means um, you can go and and sort of get to know these places and see see the deities there, and then you become purified. Thank you very much, everybody. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasadi Gaur Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Gaur Premanande Hare Hare Bo Everyone please unmute and say 
Giriraj Maharaj ki jai. Jai. Giriraj Maharaj Thank you, Prabhuji. It was a wonderful lecture. Thank you. 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 Th